You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. key word in Deuteronomy 4 and 37 is love. One antithesis of love is dislike. When you dislike someone, you detest him or her to the point to where you start looking down on the person. I wonder if you've ever been guilty. You know, is 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 one thing to dislike a person's ways. I mean, because we we do need to dislike a person's ways. Need to look down on what they do or what he or she does. But we need to Strive to love everybody. Yeah, we need to strive. To, even, even folk that let you know that you're my enemy, I don't like you. We need to make it our business to love people like that. How many understand The Hebrew word for love in the text is Ahab. The primitive root of Ahab, a love, is to have affection for. And when you have feelings for a person, you treat them special. Yeah, you, you don't buy everybody uh, Ice cream. You're going to buy him some ice cream because you have affection for him. You don't wash everybody's car, but you're going to wash her car even though you hadn't washed your own because you have affection. For her. How many understand? And lastly, when, when you love someone, it says that you value the person. The person is extremely important to you. And, and some of us love people to the point to where we, we will fight for them. It, it's mama's in here that will fight for their children. Their daughter can be 30, but they'll still fight for their daughter. I'm telling you, mamas will fight for their children, even though they know they can't win the fight. That's my child. I'm going to find a stick, rock, or something. You don't mess with my child. 
Is that right? And, and so love is something that's essential to have. We, we need love for each other. Yeah, we, we need to love each other to the point to where we, we're willing to forgive one another for doing dumb stuff. Yeah, because sometimes we, we do dumb stuff. Oh, some of you, I ain't never done that dumb. Yes, yes, you have. You're talking dumb by saying you ain't never done that dumb. Yes, you have. God is love. I said God is love. And when you truly know God, you will equate him as being love. There's no way you can truly know God and and not say that he is in truth love. Before we really knew him, he expressed his love toward us. Through giving. I love John 3.16 that, that tells us God so loved the world. Sinners. Love folk who were messing up and knew they were messing up. Love folks who enjoyed lying. Still love them. Knew, knew that they lied about basically everything. But he said, I still love that girl. I don't love her ways, but I love her. She curses all the time, but I still love her. I need to clean up her tongue, but I love her. Don't ever get to the point to where you think God does not love you. Even when you have asked him for something and you don't receive immediately what you ask him for, or you may not ever receive what you ask him for, don't think that he does not love you. God loves you. Ooh, how many believe that? Say that same, those same words to somebody. God loves you. Say it to one more person. You, you have to remember that. Because there will come a point in your life to where you will question whether or not God loves you. By show of hands, how many have, have experienced that? You, you just be wondering. You get to going through this, that, and the other, and, and you wonder if God cares about you. I want, I want to set your mind at ease. He loves you. Even when you feel as if he has left you in a pit, he still loves you. Even when you've been asking him for healing, but the healing has yet to manifest, he still loves you. Because, again, he is love. And he manifests his love in a number of ways, but especially in giving. 
I just quoted John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave. Now, John 3.16, he gave his only begotten son, or Jesus. Why did he give Jesus? Because of what the name Jesus means. Savior. He gave Jesus in order for Walker to be delivered from what he was wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in. He gave Jesus in order for you to quit putting that powder up your nose. He gave Jesus in order for you to stop whoremongering or being a whore even though you didn't feel like you was a whore. Let me just set the record straight. All that you were doing day in and day out, you were a whore, but God gave Jesus in order to deliver you. Yeah, you know, we, we will be in denial. Now, I just, I, I know I drank every day, but I ain't no alcohol. Yeah, you're an alcoholic. You will steal against something to drink. Yeah, you alcoholic. But sometimes we deny, but, but God loved us to the point to where he gave Jesus in order for us to be delivered. And how many are glad God delivered you? He saved you. you. You're not a perfect person, but you know you have been delivered. You know God changed your life for the better. You are not the wretch you used to be. You are not as low down as you used to be, brother. You used to be real low down, but God saved you. And you don't have to tell me God saved you, Freeman. I know he saved you. You don't have to tell me. I know that. And, and, and can't you say that about certain folk? They don't have to tell you guys that God saved them. You know God changed their life for the better. When, when you look at them, all you see is Jesus. What do you mean all you see is Jesus? You see deliverance. You see deliverance. And, and sometimes you just have to stare at a person and just look at them and just say, you know what? Man, that boy sure have changed. Man, he looked good. And you know it's because of what you see. You see deliverance of Jesus. How many, when you look at even family members, you, you can tell that they have been delivered. They have been changed for the better. And that's what Jesus does. He, he, he saves. He protects and he causes you to prosper. You can look at folks and you know what? The reason that thing didn't kill her is because of her relationship with Jesus. The reason he came out of what kills most folks is because of his relationship with Jesus. Who do you, do you see how? That girl ain't got this, that, and the other. The reason she's prospering the way she is is because of Jesus. She believed John 10, 10. The thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that she might have life. And that more abundantly. And so God manifests his love through giving. And it's amazing when you, when you search 
the scripture and, and you begin to recognize the many things that God gives. God gives so many things according to the scripture. But I want to just talk about two things that God gives to, to just show us he loves us. First thing he, he gives according to Psalm 46 and 1 is help. Let's go there real quick. He gives help. I want to read, I want to read what I'm going to show you, if that's all right. I know you probably unquoted it, but I still want to read it. Psalm 46 and 1. The psalm has had to be happy when, it, when he penned it. But notice, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He manifests his love through helping us. Show of hands, how many God has helped you lately? This week? Today? But notice what the scripture calls him. A very present help. That means he's a real help. He, you know, some folks will pretend that they're going to help you and never help you. But not the Lord. The Lord will help you. You know what I love about him? He, he'll help you out of stuff that you got yourself into. Can I be real? I done messed up myself before. I messed up myself to the point where I couldn't get myself out the mess. I had to go to prayer. And he helped me. I don't believe I'm the only one in the room. Oh, have you ever messed up yourself? Look at somebody that, that's trying to accident and just ask them, have you ever messed up yourself? If you have, tell them, yeah, I done messed up myself. That's another person. Have you ever messed up yourself and couldn't get yourself out of your mess? And was too embarrassed to ask other folks to help you out of your mess. But when you call on the name of Jesus. Whoo, there is salvation in the name of Jesus. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. That means God is not a respecter of person. I don't care who you are. I don't care how jacked up your situation is. If you call on the name of Jesus, he will help you. He will bring you out. He will give you a 360. He will turn your life completely around. That's the reason I like to tell folks. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do us like But then he is also a person that will reward you. Yeah. He'll reward you. To reward in one sense means to give you benefits. He'll give you benefits. And, and often God gives you benefits based upon your lifestyle. Based upon you believing that he is and living a just 
life or a life of faith. That's the reason Hebrews 11 and 6 states, God, in part, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He rewards diligence. He'll give you benefits. But I want you to consider what David said in reference to God rewarding or giving you benefits in Psalm 68. Go there. Psalm 68. I want to read this one. Y'all stand with me, aren't you? Consider Psalm 68 and 19. And notice how happy he was when he penned. He starts off the verse by saying, blessed be the Lord. Then he goes on to testify about it. Who? David. Does that mean Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? That means we ain't got to wait for no eagle to fly. We ain't got to wait for that check to come every two weeks. Or you may get yours once a month. You, you ain't just got to tell folks you can't because you're on a fixed income because you recognize God gives you daily benefits. See, we have to watch the words that come out of our mouth. We, we have to be careful. We tell for, I ain't going to be able because I'm on a fix. Hey, hold up. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You better tell them I got to pray about this thing first. And watch God work. Because if God gives daily benefits, that means he's going to bless you beyond your check. And some of us know God will bless you beyond your income. Beyond your retirement check. You better shout at somebody else, God will do it. He'll bless you beyond what you get. Whether that's a check every month, check every two weeks, or what have you. Look at what he said. Bless be the Lord. Who daily what? Loads who? Now notice, he didn't just say himself. Us. Who is us? God's children who trust him to fulfill his word see you got to live the word in order for the for the, for the word to manifest in your life you got to live it this reason jesus said to the devil man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word is so powerful to what Jesus further said in Matthew 24 and 35. Heaven and earth shall pass but not the word. I'm going to do what I tell you walk. Walker you got to quit looking at that. I, I'm going to do what I told you I was going to do. A benefit every day. And, and y'all, y'all can call me crazy but I, I got to tell you something. I look for his daily benefits. 
Yeah, I thank him for waking me up every day. I thank him for the activity of my limb, so forth and so on. But I be looking for other stuff. If David wouldn't have said he loathes us, I wouldn't be looking for a truckload. But, I, but, but to load means it ain't no telling what he may give you. I don't regret a, a look down on Monday. I love Monday. I don't live for the weekend. I live for every day. And, and see, I don't get up negative. I get up looking for God to bless me every single day. And God don't have to use just your job to bless you. God don't even have to use a person to bless you. God, God can just choose to, to cause you to walk into something wonderful. If God truly want to bless you, he, he'll put something on your front doorstep. And wake you up in the morning and say, hey, I left you a package on your front doorstep. If your cousin who have way do right can be a benefit to you, how much more will God bless you? The Lord said to his disciples on, on one occasion, if you being evil know how to do good things for your children, how much more shall I do good things for you? God is known for doing good things. I said God is known for doing good things. God is known for, for, for showing up and showing out. I said God is known for showing up and showing out. Have he ever showed out on you? That means he done done something real nice, real special, real wonderful, amazing for you. Am I talking about you? But here David say he daily. Yeah, I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen Thursday. It's Monday, baby. What you waiting on Thursday for? Why can't it happen today? Why can't it happen this evening? Well, I guess it ain't going to happen. It ain't, but it's, it's almost midnight. I don't, do you not know God can do something in a millisecond? Not even a full second he can do it. I say he can do it in a millisecond. And again, he, he does it or he gives because he loves us. He loves us. How many are convinced that he loves you? You're probably already convinced, but you're even more convinced that he loves you. Contextually, Moses in talking to God's children of the children of Israel let them know how much God loved and notice the text their fathers their ancestors and often when he mentions the fathers or, or the ancestors he, he, he's referring to Abraham Isaac and Jacob and even when you consider God's love in reference to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
is just amazing. Because God in his omniscience and omnipotence said to Abraham when, when he didn't have a child, period. I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham because I'm going to make you a father of a multitude. No folk are saying you're too old, you and your wife, to have a baby. But I'm God. And what I say comes into being. I'm going to make you a father of a multitude. Your descendants are going to be as the stars of heaven. And just as sure as we are sitting at a place of refuge, God did it for Abraham, made him a father of a multitude. But it happened supernaturally. Had to be supernatural because Sarah, his wife, her womb was dead. Wasn't no way, literally speaking or naturally speaking, she could have a baby, but God caused the supernatural to take place. And Abraham became the father of a multitude. And then Isaac, he manifested in Isaac's life the meaning of his name. His name means left. Told Isaac, I'm going to make you happy. Isaac, Isaac lost his mother and was unhappy. But then God put the right woman in his life. And all of a sudden, Isaac became a happy man. He started living up to his name. He laughed. That's the reason brothers and sisters don't ever get hooked up with the wrong person. Listen to me. Marriage or otherwise. Because you will not be happy. The Bible says even when it comes to friends, choose your friends. What? Carefully. Be wise when it comes to choosing your friends because you want to make sure that whoever you hook up with is going to cause you to remain happy because there are some folk that have the testimony, Lord, I shouldn't have never hooked up with him. Lord Jesus, I can do bad by myself, but I'm doing worse or worse with him. I mean, I understand and finally, Jacob. See, see, God, God saw in Jacob what Jacob didn't see him in, in himself. God saw in Jacob that, that, you know what? That doesn't need to be your name. I'm going to change your name to Israel. Because though you have been a trickster, I'm going to make you into a prince. I'm going to cause you to be royalty. 
I'm going to make it to the point to where you are going to be the one that takes first place or you're going to get the victory. And so he changed Jacob's life completely around. Took him from being a trickster or basically a thief to a very wealthy and prosperous man. And so Moses contextually was letting Israel know that that God loved your ancestors. And I've Explain to you why he loved Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But then he tells them in the text that because of their ancestors and God's love for them, that they were divinely chosen. Isn't that amazing? Look at the text now. They were divinely chosen. Let me read it one more time. Some of y'all look funny when I said that. Now I better read it one more time. Blessed be the Lord who, well, I'm still in Psalm 68. Let's go, go back to Deuteronomy 4 and 37. And because he loved your fathers, therefore he helped me. Who? Now, he was talking to the literal descendants that they were divinely Chosen. God chose them. But I'm going to have the understanding that as children of God, we are the spiritual Israel. And we likewise have been divinely chosen. Let me see the man that believe that. We are divinely chosen. Now, now what does that mean? That, that means that God specifically selected and appointed you for his purpose. Now, if, if you are divinely chosen, God is, is not just going to allow you to walk in his purpose without Training you. Without molding you. Without making you. No, he's not just going to stick you into something because if if he did that, it would be like him putting a jack leg preacher in the poor pen. He's going to make sure that you are anointed. To do what he has purpose for you to do. He's going to have to make sure. And in order for God to make sure that his children are ready for, he, for what he has purpose for them to do. They're going to have to experience Egypt. Now notice he... he in the text, talks about how the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or the children of Israel, were in Egypt. 
Every child of God has to experience Egypt. And I'm not talking about the literal place, but I'm talking about the figurative meanings of Egypt. Egypt, figuratively speaking, means bondage. Every child of God will have to be in a place of bondage. Or in a place where you know you're not free. Every child of God. See, in order for us to truly know who God is, we have to experience his delivering power. And so the Lord will allow us to experience bondage or to spend a period in Egypt. A time where you're not free in your mind. A time where where everything that can go wrong is going wrong. A time to where you're, you're not in control the way you desire to be in control. You're in bondage. You're in slave. Egypt also represents a place of oppression. And and oppression uh, usually leads to depression. A place of affliction. A place where you stay in the ditch. You never get ahead. And all of us have, have been to the point to where we, we were in a predicament to where we felt like we were never going to come out of that predicament. We, we can tell stories about how, you know, I didn't have this, I didn't have that. We were in Egypt. Talk about how we didn't have a pot to twiddle in nor a yard to throw it out in. You were in Egypt. Talk about how you didn't have this, that, and the other to where you were in Egypt. Talk about how you, you were waiting for your paycheck because you were, you were living from paycheck to paycheck or you couldn't even live right from paycheck to paycheck. Why? You were in Egypt. Woo! Can you identify yet? Everybody has to go through it. It seemed like the pastor and some of the rest of them, they doing real well, but I'm struggling right now. You in your Egypt, we done been there. <laughs> you are in your Egypt. Shout at somebody, every child of God has to go to Egypt. You have to experience Egypt. You have to experience
experience bondage. And sadly, if you don't experience bondage, you will never celebrate your freedom. If you don't know what it feels like to be wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in something, you will not appreciate divine deliverance. You won't appreciate it. Israel was in bondage to the point to where the Egyptians wouldn't even give them enough supplies to do the work that they needed them to do. Sounds like our day and time. You're working, but they ain't doing right. At least a lot of companies are just not doing right. You should be doing better, but you're in Egypt. You're in bondage. Now, 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 this is the sad thing right here. There are some folk that are in bondage when they, when they get a taste of freedom. But then experience a little trouble in their freedom. They have the audacity to want to go back to each. You have folk that, that, that in the church, they'll get saved, be happy about being saved, being Christian, shout at the altar, dance at the altar, leap for joy at the altar, go and fill them with the Holy Spirit. Then they get to going through trials and tribulations. And go back to Egypt. Peter, Peter, or the apostles saw what was happening in the churches of Asia Minor and said, The true proverb is happening in the church. What do you mean? The dog that ate and did vomit up. What was not agreeing with him? What he shouldn't have been eating in the first place. He walked away from it. But then he got to thinking and considered the vomit being better in his belly than out of it. And went back to the vomit and ate. You have folk that God saved, clean up, turn their life completely around. Get to going through a little trouble and go back to drinking. Go back to being low down. Go back to lying, cheating, and so forth. And the devil be looking for folk like that. 
And time you see him come out, you know what he's going to do? He's going to sign seven demons. According to the scripture. To join their party. And they're going to be much worse than they were before Christ. How many understand Israel was to the point to where when, when they got in the wilderness, they got, to, they got to going through trials and tribulation. Now, God had brought them out of Egypt. Opened up the Red Sea. They, they went across and everything. They seen how God destroyed Pharaoh and his army. They were happy, shouting, glad. But then they got to going through trouble in Egypt. And instead of them believing that God would bring them out of everything that they went through. They got to telling Moses, saying, you know what? We wish we were still in Egypt. And had the nerve to tell the man of God, we were better off in Egypt. How in the world can you be better off as a dead man that still talk than a man that's prospering in every aspect? Of his or her life. Because God has your back. No way. How many understand? And so. You don't have to go through each. I got to move on. But shout at somebody. Don't be upset. Because you're in Egypt. Because Egypt is part of the process. God allowed Israel to stay in bondage for a good minute. So they would appreciate their deliverance. And sadly, again, some of them did not. See, you have have to learn from Egypt. When you're in your trials and tribulations, learn from what you're going through. Learn what's happening in your mind with your words and with your actions. Learn from what's going on with you while you're in Egypt. Because, see, it's something about God's love based upon the text. You may be in Egypt, child of God, but you ain't going to stay in Egypt. You ain't going to stay in bondage. Shout at somebody, I, I, I don't know what part of Egypt you may be in right now. But you ain't going to stay in Egypt. Well, they won't give me no raise. It don't matter if they won't give you no raise. It don't matter if they won't do this, that, and the other. Because you are divinely chosen. You are not going to stay in Egypt. And some of y'all looking at me like I'm telling a lie. Like I'm just trying to make you happy. I ain't one of them preachers that's trying to make you happy. You don't know Walker by now? Let me show you. Look at the text. Look at the text. 
Deuteronomy 4, 37. And because he loved you, help me. Therefore he chose their descendants. Oh, he chose them. And he brought, now this is the descendants, you out of where? Who brought them out? Pharaoh did not want them to come out. Pharaoh wanted them to continue to live beneath their privilege. You have to understand something. That there are folks that do not want you to come out of your predicament. They want you to keep living beneath your privilege. They want you to suffer so you can keep buying their pills. They want you to do this, that, and the other. So they can keep you in bondage. But God came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Shout at somebody, I may be in Egypt, but I ain't going to stay in Egypt. Oh, shout at one more person, I may be in Egypt, but I ain't going to stay in Egypt. And see, you got to understand that you're in a trial right now. But if, but if you just obey God, you're not going to stay in your trial. You're going through it financially right now. But if you obey God, you won't be in that place forever. Did you hear Deacon Oak's testimony, Deacon Holly's testimony earlier? He used to be the borrower, but he's not the borrower any longer. He is able to lend. Who helped him? The Lord. Shout at somebody, God, get ready to bring you out of Egypt. If he was not getting ready to bring you out of Egypt, he never would have told me to teach this thing. I'm teaching it. I done broke it down because he wants you to understand Egypt is not your permanent Let me close it. Look at what he says. Look at what happens in the text. He chose that to send us after them and he brought you out of Egypt with his what? With his what? With his mighty Say to your neighbor, the presence of God is powerful. What we sense right now is powerful. God's word equates his presence. 
God sends forth his word or his presence in order to deliver. Pharaoh just kept asking Moses, show me your God. Wanted Moses to produce an image, an idol, something made out of wood, stone, or some other tangible material. Moses, Moses didn't put no statue in front of him. Moses just Spoke the word. I'll show you Pharaoh. But it ain't going to be no stone. It ain't going to be no image. It ain't going to be like all these gods. You got lined up all around each. I'm just going to speak. And do what he tells me to do. And once I speak it. And do it. You're going to see his presence go throughout. The land of Egypt doing everything that he said. For God never speaks just to be speaking. Every time he speaks, he manifests what he says. Come here, Genesis 1 and 1. Let there be light. And the presence of God showed up and light came in just like he's saying today let them come out of bondage and somebody getting ready to come out of what's been holding you down shout at somebody if you believe it tell them I'm coming out of Egypt I'm coming out of Egypt he brought them out with his presence his mighty power. How many understand? Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.